fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with pretty flowers, or as a lot of us here in Tennessee pronounce it, pretty flowers. No, it's not about the eating. It's about the joy and beauty flowers add to this life. That little touch of grace to the table, the home, or that person in need or celebrating a special event. My guest today is Susie Kawar, owner and operator of Little Mountain Flower Farm, located in Maryville, Tennessee. Susie grows her flowers and puts together farm-fresh floral arrangements by hand in her floral studio right on her family's farm. She and her husband and children grow these flowers with sustainable regenerative growing practices, and they have a sweet yellow dog named Paris that found them when they lived in Paris, Tennessee. This is an inspirational story of a person who's teamed her creative skills with a firm knowledge base in agriculture and has made a living for herself and her family by doing something she really loves to do and brings joy to others. She'll also share one of her go-to family recipes for a refreshing tabbouleh salad. Also in Fred Saussman's Potluck Radio series, he features one of Tennessee's oldest restaurants, Nick's of Kingsport, Tennessee. Thank you so much for tuning in today by podcast or radio broadcast. I really appreciate your good company here at this big, inclusive Tennessee table. Thank you for being here. Little Mountain Flower Farm is a florist and flower farm that serves Maryville, Tennessee, and the greater Knoxville area since 2017. Susie Kawar owns and operates Little Mountain Flower Farm, and she makes arrangements for her summer and high summer flower CSAs, which pretty much stays sold out. Her six and three month subscriptions, weddings, table centerpieces, and special occasions. Let's visit with Susie right now and hear about Susie's labor of love that supports her family, Little Mountain Flower Farm. (laughs) 
Susie, will you just basically describe for us what Little Mountain Flower Farm is? Uh, Little Mountain Flower Farm, we're just a small, uh, sustainable, regenerative, specialty cup flower farm. Uh, We're located in Maryville, Tennessee, and we specialize in cut flowers mainly for designers and for design work. We're sitting on your porch. Your sweet dog Paris is sitting here. Yeah, she's she was sitting up. Now she's laying yeah. full down. <laughs> she's so precious. It, I mean, what a beautiful day! And we've just walked through your greenhouses, and you've got such beautiful flowers growing. And I'm impressed by how well you can grow flowers. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's been a years of work, you know, trying to figure them all out, but mm-hmm. it, it's been worth it. It's, it's a beautiful place to be mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, you know. Gosh, you can really grow flowers, Susie. Oh, thank you. Yeah, not just a little patch or two. I mean, seriously, I mean, for your living. Yeah, yeah. The, this is, the, it's not a hobby farm. You know, it is something we support our family on, on the farm these days, and so... It's grown a lot in the last probably three years, I'd say. <laughs> Good. I like it when people succeed at what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and what you love. Yeah. Now, flowers. Why do you grow flowers? I started growing things in college, and it was basically because I love my hands in the dirt, working outside. You know, I love hearing the bees buzzing. And it used to be something I did to calm myself down. When I first started gardening, it was after an organic chemistry exam. You know, I'd go home and garden. You know, that's what I did. And I think I was attracted ultimately to flowers because I really enjoy the color and the texture and the design, you know, impact that you can have with flowers. So I love the creative side as well. So I think it's a mixture of my love for growing and then my love for design work and being creative. My first flower stand I had in second grade, and we used to do all these lemonade stands. My sister and I and the girls in the neighborhood, and we would do these lemonade stands. And one day we're like, let's do something different. Let's think of something different. I'm like, and the lilacs were blooming. We had these beautiful lilacs, this huge row. And I said, let's, let's do flower bouquets. Let's sell flower bouquets. And so we had our little picnic table. We had our little sign. And then we went and we took lilacs and we sprinkled them all over the front yard. Like the whole yard was, was nothing but lilac. And then we filled these little plastic cups with, you know, just little bouquets. And we sat there and it was a really fun day, but we only sold one, <laughs> and we never had one again. But it was it was fun, and it's so funny to think back that, oh, my goodness, that was the first time that I ever sold flowers was in first or second grade, you know. But the smell of those lilacs, that was what it was about for me. Your floral studio. Will you tell us what that is and tell us about that? So my floral studio, it's basically a small modified wooden shed and it's essentially a she shed I would call it you know it has a little cooler in it now it has a place for storing floral supplies but then it's a kind of a hodgepodge of antique tables that I've collected I keep thinking maybe I should get the stainless steel tables you know for practical purposes but I prefer doing the work on those antique tables so it's just antique tables and you know places to design places to store things and it's set back right next to my hoop house in my main field you know so I'm not I'm not dragging flowers into the house into the kitchen 
in doing all my work, which is what I used to do. And that was a challenge. It would be, oh, we have flowers everywhere, and then I clean it up, and then I make dinner, you know, and now I have a special space that's just devoted to design and flowers. And it's transformed my experience in terms of what I can do or how creative I even feel, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I bet. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so important not to have to clean up everything out of your kitchen. I bet it makes it more of a creative experience to be able to have that dedicated space. Oh, it, it, it's it's night and day than what it used to be because it was it was me rushing and cleaning up or worrying about dinner. Now I can leave the flowers out. I can be in the middle of something and leave it out. If I have a big arrangement, I can leave it and come back in the evening, mm-hmm. which is really cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's totally changed the way I operate and I've become a better designer because of it because I have a personal space to do that. Yeah, it was a really a, a big step in the right direction when we did it. Yes. Because we were trying to think of where to invest money. We were thinking a, maybe a, a propagation house, you know, something else. And I'm like, I need space to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a private space to work. And then when I bring other designers, they used to work in my kitchen with me. <laughs> yes. And so now we have a space to work and I can they can be working there and I can be making dinner for my kids too if, you know, we have a big wedding. And so it, it oh. opens that up, the time and the, the space for us, you know. Do you have some of your all-time favorites you like to grow? Yeah, dahlias are, I'm going to have to say number one. And I, I think about dahlias almost all year round in some way, or I'm working on them in some way, and my dahlia patch keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? <laughs> and I love the texture and the colors in there, and they're good for design work, but they're good for market bouquets. They're good just in big bunches, you know? And it, it, as a part of my CSA subscription, people love the dahlia season when they start seeing all those different kinds in there. And it's my favorite thing when the new ones start coming up and I get to see one that I've never seen in person for the first time. That, to me, is, you know, one of the most exciting parts of the season. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we are setting the table with pretty flowers. Or a lot of us here in Tennessee pronounce it pretty flowers. Our guest today is Susie Kawar, owner and operator of Little Mountain Flower Farm, located in Maryville, Tennessee. Susie grows her flowers and puts together farm-fresh floral arrangements by hand in her floral studio, right on her family's farm. In the second part of this interview, I've asked Susie about her flower CSA, her growing of culinary herbs, and asked her to share a recipe. It's a cool thing because it's one of the, it's something I do that I want people to feel like they have a cutting garden, like they went out and picked the most beautiful flowers they could find. And so they're not like bouquets I crank out, you know, like market bouquets. I take a lot of time with them. And so the women that have bought from the beginning, most of them still buy from me and I keep expanding it, but just through word of mouth is what has created that part of my business so I love it I look forward to it more than almost anything and I get such great feedback and like what was the yellow one in that bouquet or oh Susie this week what was this you know I want to plant this in my garden and a lot of them are gardeners and so they'll incorporate my stuff in with theirs and make these cool you know beautiful arrangements at home I love the CSA it's it's my favorite (laughs) I love it it started it started with one person the first year and she told somebody and she told somebody and by the end of that season I had sold I had sold that CSA out and it 
I take it really seriously. I do every bouquet myself. I pick all the stems myself. So they're not, you know, where you're getting, you know, a hundred red flowers. And you know what you would do for mm-hmm. doing market bouquets. It's no, I go out there and I like cut, cut, cut. Like if they were cutting, you know, I wow. want them to have that. And so I love the feedback from that. It, it makes you feel good that you're you're doing something cool. Someone's enjoying what you're you're working for, <laughs> you know. Yes. So I, I love the CSA. But we've been offered land even in other areas mm-hmm. to come and start a farm. And I don't want it to be big. Mm-hmm. I like it like this. This is, this is the scale I enjoy. If it was something monstrous where you're just you know, cranking everything out and it's not, you don't have time to think about it. You know, I like to put thought into what I'm doing. Otherwise, where, you know, where's the joy in it? I think it's important because I, it's, it's not just about, you know, the money, it's about the quality of your life and the quality of your experience day to day, you know, and if you can go into the studio and, and, and think about what you're doing and enjoy putting those flowers in. That's why I don't, I expand the CSA a little bit every year because I get better at it, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, I could grow it out probably a lot bigger, but then it would lose what I like about it. And I think what my customers like about it, you know, because if I brought in other people to try to put these together and, you know, we were making, you know, those assembly line things, it's like sharing your cutting garden with a whole bunch of ladies that appreciate it (laughs) and men, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think this farm reminds me a lot of just so many of the makers in Knoxville. And I think that's why I relate to them so much is because the, you know, most people that make things or create things, they don't want to crank those things out. They don't, they want it to be something that's thoughtful and, you know, intimate Mm -hmm. and brings joy to them when they're doing it. And it's not an assembly line situation. It's something where you're, you're really concentrating and working and enjoying that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, while you're working. And I think people like to feel connected to their work. I think that's when you enjoy it the most. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing something really quickly or you're doing something just to produce a lot of something, it's a different experience than if you're working on something and being present in the moment and looking at every stem and every cut. And it's it's so much fun Mm -hmm. then for, I think, anybody that enjoys creating things. And when you're doing physical work like this, it would be really easy to lose the joy if you were just sweaty all the time and tired. And not that I don't have a lot of that, but it needs to be balanced. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy doing all that sweaty work, you know. (laughs) Do you grow culinary herbs? Yes. They They were the first thing that... I think my husband and I grew, it was, you know, it was basils and rosemary and mints and we're both, we love to cook. Both of us come from big families that love to cook. And so I grew up in a family where herbs were essential to the cooking. My aunt, Frida, who was the best cook to this day, I think, that I've ever met, she had just in her little garden bed that ran along the house, all she had, she had nothing else other than culinary herbs, you know, because she couldn't get them at the grocery store really at that time. And you would see herbs in every single dish you would prepare and she would hand chop those so carefully and prepare them so beautifully and put so much into it. So whenever I taste 
mint or I taste oregano or taste these certain things, it reminds me of home. Would you be willing to share a recipe with us? Absolutely. I have a, a, a great salad recipe, and it's called, it's called tabbouleh, and it will have, you know, mint. And you can actually incorporate an, almost any herb into it on top of the recipe I'm providing. But you really taste the herbs in it. That's what's important. You taste the herbs, you taste the freshness. And if you have garden fresh tomatoes, it will put it over the top. (laughs) (laughs) What ingredients do you use? You start out with a bulgur, which is a kind of cracked wheat, and you you soak it in water. Do you first put it in water and soak it overnight in the fridge? Um, So we'll put it in water, and you can, it depends on what kind you get, but for the most part, I think if you soak it for an hour mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it can be in the fridge. It doesn't have to be for that hour. And then you actually drain it and you squeeze out the water because you don't want it to taste like water. You have to hand squeeze it out. I've tried skipping that step and mm-hmm. it doesn't, it just, the flavor isn't there, I don't think. And then you put the lemon in. So then it, it absorbs that lemon and then you'll soak it in lemon. But then you cut up all your herbs. You cut up your mint and your flat leaf parsley and always do it by hand. I think it makes it taste better if you do it by hand and don't throw it in a food processor. And then uh, you, you let that all soak together, soak in the flavors with lemon and olive oil. And the longer you leave it in the fridge, I think the better. So that's basically how you do it. But it's it's delicious. It tastes like the garden. You know, that's, mm. that's what I love about it. So you taste, you, you taste the garden when you eat it. It doesn't get lost anywhere, it's just garden flavors you know Mm -hmm. and it really soaks up that flavor and it's bright and fresh and it it tastes good alongside meat dishes or anything really in the evening a lot of times me and my husband will have it for lunch because it's healthy and it's delicious it's my one of my son's favorites oh (laughs) that he loves tabbouleh yeah (laughs) I tend to get it just at the local grocery store mm-hmm. because they offer it and it's easy mm-hmm. and so you can find it just it's, it's everywhere and it's it's really healthy it actually ha- is more nutrient rich things haven't been stripped from it you know that herb flavor will you know permeate into that bulgur if, if you mix and let it sit long enough the flavor is it's it's not a bland flavor it's a really fresh flavor and you should try it it's really good <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you sharing that recipe. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Susie, from Little Mountain Flower Farm here in Maryville, Tennessee, on your front porch with your sweet little dog, Paris, <laughs> sleeping snoring. behind you. <laughs> thanks so much for sparing some time and talking with me today. Oh, well, thank you so much, Amy, for having you out. It was so much fun it to was. have you out here. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we are setting the table with pretty flowers. Our guest today has been Susie Kawar, owner and operator of Little Mountain Flower Farm, located in Maryville, Tennessee. Susie grows her flowers and puts together farm-fresh floral arrangements by hand in her floral studio right on her family's farm. Little Mountain Flower Farm is easily found on Instagram or Facebook, and more information, littlemountainflowerfarm.com. I've placed some pictures of Susie in her hoop house, a few of her early spring flowers, their dog Paris, as in Paris, Tennessee, links to her place in the podcast download for the show, and a picture of Nick's roasted chicken at my website, tennesseefarmtable.com. 
And a note, Little Mountain Flower Farm does not advertise on this show. What an inspirational person, Susie Kawar. Next up is Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio Series, featuring one of Tennessee's oldest restaurants. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. One of East Tennessee's oldest restaurants dates to 1938. Located in Kingsport, Tennessee, Nick's still carries the name of its founder, the late Nick Knave. Nick was kind of a restaurant mogul of the time. He owned multiple restaurants in Kingsport. Um, then he kind of focused back in on, on Nick's in his later years. Greg Saunders is the general manager of Nick's, a place still known for its roasted chicken. The process of roasted chicken is more of a, it's actually using pressure as opposed to just using a fryer. Instead of just dropping it in the oil and counting on the oil to fry it, it, it utilizes um, pressure and the oil. So in turn, it makes the chicken a lot more moist because it seals the coating and the juices in a lot faster than if you're just using what would be termed as an open pot fryer. Um, Roasting is a brand, and he utilized the brand for a while, then kind of amended the brand and sort of came up with his own process. He founded up in Kentucky. I don't know the year, but he founded in Kentucky and brought the roasting process to the Tri-Cities. Nick's current owners, Jaron and Victoria Harville, plan to keep the chicken roasting, but soon in a new, bigger location. We're moving up the street, hopefully in in June. So we built our new building for that, and um, we're just excited to continue the tradition and carry it on. When you take over an operation as long, you you don't change the chicken, you don't change the coleslaw, and you don't change the potato wedges. And and, um, everything else we've had a lot of fun with, but those are three items that have been the core items of Nick's existence. For Potluck Radio at Nick's in Kingsport, Tennessee, I'm Fred Sossman. This is Mike Itali of Diamond Jack Wine Bar, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.